Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, a new OFC Champions League winner is crowned. Papua New Guinea's National Soccer League suffers more setbacks. Fiji and Samoa prepare to make their global rapid rugby debut and Samoa's Prime Minister to compete in the upcoming Pacific Games. But first, Wellington Phoenix striker Roy Krishna added the Johnny Warren medal to his Golden Boot title after being recognised as the A-League's best player. The 31-year-old Fiji captain picked up 31 votes, two clear of Adelaide United midfielder Isaiah and Perth's Neil Kilkenny to win the competition's highest individual accolade. Wow. Um, there's a lot of people to thank. Um, growing up in a, in a village, I never dreamt of getting this. But uh, first of all, I want to thank my boss, you know, believing in me, you know, getting the best out of me. And... Uh, captain and my brothers you know for believing in me and making me work harder every every week to achieve this and um, also to my wife and my family for always being there for me um, even though when things doesn't go your way they always encourage you to to love the sport that you you know you, you love so yeah only one message that you know if you work hard dreams do come true so thank you Roy Krishna joined the Phoenix in 2014 but is now out of contract and says he'll decide on his future by the end of the month. Yonkin Sport have won their maiden OFC Champions League football title after a sensational 60-metre strike from substitute Army Antoine Reuner earned a 1-0 victory over AS Magenta in an all-New Caledonian final in Numea. With the match still scoreless approaching the halfway point of the second half at Stade Numadali, Royna won the ball from a clearance and took two touches to bring the ball under control before launching an audacious long-range lob from inside his own half, which sailed over the magenta goalkeeper's head and into the back of the net. Yonkin coach Felix Tagoa says it was a great final and a great result. Ça c'est vrai, puis euh, je peux pas, je peux pas dire le contraire, mais c'est un grand moment pour le club et c'est historique. It's a huge moment for the club and for the country too. I hope that it will continue. We know we've won. What we've done in winning this match, it's been a long journey. Today we were patient. We know how to bounce back. Yongen Sport will now represent Oceania in the FIFA Club World Cup later this year. The man in charge of Papua New Guinea's National Soccer League admits the revamped competition has not been without its challenges. Hekari United, Kagua Irave and Toti City all advanced to the NSL Final Four at the weekend with victories over West Tribe, Morobi United and Blue Kumuls. However, the final quarter-final match-up between Chebu and Eastern Stars has been postponed until Thursday after the original match was called off at half-time because of heavy rain. Meanwhile, Highlands Conference runners-up Blue Kumuls only arrived in Ley at 4am on the morning of their match against Totty City, which had already been delayed 24 hours because the NSL office failed to provide money towards the team's transport costs and time.
NSL manager Leslie Babaga says the expanded competition remains a work in progress. Now it's gone, you know, the four corners of, of Papua New Guinea. And, and yeah, it, it is a challenge um, from uh, the usual seven or eight teams that we normally have in the end of the season. It's gone, you know, jumped up to 27. And um, uh, yes, we've, we've come through a few, we've seen a few, uh, experienced a few issues which would be addressed uh, after this season. Because of the, the terrain that uh, we have, the cost actually is, is very high. But, you know, we're fortunate we've got a, a sponsor that has come on board recently and but, you know, nevertheless, the cost will be still high for us in running the competition. But otherwise, the format, the format is a good format. It uh, gives opportunity to soccer or football loving fans to, you know, take part in it. There, there's a few issues that we've seen and we've, we've learned from it and we've made note of it. Uh, and uh, it's not going to be, you know, happening overnight, but it'll take time for, you know, as the competition grows or goes on, we will, you know, it, it'll improve. Obviously, you've got the four conferences and two teams from each of that have gone through to the, the quarterfinals, which were held over the weekend. Uh, Hikari United, Morobi um, United FC and, and Totti City winning three games with the fourth game uh, cancelled due to rain in Kokopo. So uh, what, what is the status of that fourth match between uh, Chembu and Eastern Stars? We, we will have to play that game, definitely. We're sitting down with, with the president and seeing uh, how we can address that, but that game has to go on before uh, ex- or before the weekend coming up, so that uh, we uh, have the four teams. Uh, the four teams now, oh, well, the three teams plus after the Eastern Stars and Chebu, the winner will go into a draw uh, from the hat. You know, with the luck of the draw, then we, we make the next draw out. When are the semi-finals meant to be happening? The the the, the first leg of that, and they will play home and away for the two weekends. This coming weekend and the next weekend, and. The two teams that, uh, with the home and away uh, games, have uh, uh, the highest points go into playoff for the first and second. The other two teams play off for third and fourth. There seem to be some issues with um, uh, Blue Kumuls over the weekend travelling down from the Highlands to play uh, Totti and in, in, in Lay, and um, you know they had some issues. They had to sleep on the bus, and um, you know had a very difficult journey down, and uh, seemed to be a bit frustrated by that. Um, what, what do you put that down to? It's more of a, a transport issue. Uh, we normally um, subsidise a certain amount of money for them to um, assist them to pay their trans- transport fee. Unfortunately, we couldn't get the cheque uh, bank in time at, at, on Friday. So um, that was the issue. They, they couldn't go down. We sort of went into plan B and uh, sort of said, look, if you get down there, but we guarantee you that by today or this week, We'll put that money into your account to, to reimburse whatever you, you know. So, so they had to pay for the, the transport down and, and that will get reimbursed. Yes. Yes. But then they didn't yes. have accommodation either. So who, who's meant to cover the accommodation? Uh, we, we, with, with accommodation, that's the club's responsibility. And, and obviously by virtue of being the uh, top qualifier in their competition, Totti were hosting the game and, and therefore Kumuls had to um, travel down. So therefore they have to incur that cost. All, all the conference... Uh, Winners or the top of the conference, they, they earn the right to host elimination round. That's the Papua New Guinea National Soccer League manager, Leslie Babaga. Teams from Fiji and Samoa will make their long-awaited Global Rapid Rugby debut this weekend in an all-Pacific Island matchup in La Torca. The Fijian Latui and Kangifa Samoa were among eight teams from Australia, Asia and the Pacific that had originally signed up to compete in a four-month-long inaugural season. 
which was then cancelled two months before its proposed launch in March. With the full launch now delayed until 2020, the Fiji and Samoa teams will instead take part in a Pacific Showcase series against the Western Force, with all three teams playing home and away against each other over the next two months. Pacific Rugby Players Chief Executive Aidan Clark says it's a welcome chance for more local players to play rugby at a high level. It's all about more opportunity for Pacific Island players, which um, you know, our roles association is, is to support the, the unions to help that make that happen. So it's, it's nothing but good to see more professional contracts on offer, either in the short term, but also building towards uh, whatever rapid rugby looks like in 2020. And from your discussions and involvement with the respective teams and obviously you know, as representatives of the players, uh, how, how prepared are these teams in Fiji and Samoa? Fiji obviously have quite a good setup, high performance-wise. They've got the Fijian and Drua that won the competition in Australia last year. Uh, they've got the under twenties that just played in the Oceanias, are heading to the Junior World Champs. They've got you know a bit of a production line there. Um, are these teams going to be fully ready come kickoff? Fiji, um, kudos goes to them for having their high performance setup. How it is. Uh, that they would basically use their current structures to, to have the Latui team uh, compete in this competition. Um, and they're, they're real well prepared for that. Um, the Samoan team uh, with Richard and so forth, is, uh, they've obviously got some different challenges because um, they don't have quite have the same sort of setup. Uh, but we've been working alongside them in the last sort of uh, week or two, just trying to sort out some details for that. And, and I know everyone's working pretty hard in behind the scenes to uh, make sure that that's a good experience for the team and for the players. And so where are all these players coming from? I guess the Fijian Latui are primarily coming out of that uh, Fijian and Drua squad with, with maybe a few added on, so they've got that core team that did so well last year. Um, where, where are their players being sourced from? And, and Samoa, are there on-island players mixed with you know people in the likes of New Zealand or Australia? Yeah, well, um, the Latui team has, has picked a lot of on-island players who are part of their high-performance setup at the moment. Um, so that's pretty straightforward. And like I said, uh, the makeup uh, for the Samoan team is a little bit different. Uh, there's some challenges there. From what I believe, it's a mix of uh, Samoan, Tongan and, and New Zealand players that are going to make up that team at the moment. Um, and and there's ambitions to try and have uh, more and more on-island uh, players pulled out of the Super 9 competition um, based in Samoa. Um, I'm not quite sure exactly what the final makeup of that will be, but yeah, it's a bit of a mix at the moment. They've been doing some training in New Zealand, haven't they? So they're based in New Zealand. Um, the team's going to be based for these four exhibition matches um, in Auckland. What sort of financial commitment is this for the Fijian and Samoan teams slash unions? Yeah, well, all, all the inbound costs, uh, like travel and accommodation, are, are paid for as part of competing in the exhibition matches by, by Rapid Rugby. Um, and, and really, it's the running costs of the teams and uh, any reinvestment and, and remuneration for the for the players uh, that's covered by the respective franchises, Latui and Kaping and Samoa. So do these players that, you know, outside of this are just playing local club rugby or are waiting for a domestic season to kick off in New Zealand or Australia, uh, are they getting a, a weekly wage effectively? Yes, effectively, yep, um, and you're quite right. That's, that's the pool that they're being selected from. Fiji, they're within a club competition that's happening at the moment and the high-performance players there. And for the Samoan team, it's basically, you know, uh, players who aren't involved in Super Rugby and are currently playing club rugby um, and trying to prepare for Mighty Ten Cup. And, uh, you know, as we have talked about earlier this season, you know, this was going to be this huge opportunity, Rapid Rugby, for Pacific players up to 50 you know, local players were going to get contracts for that competition. Players that aren't currently playing the likes of Super Rugby um, is, you know, there's been this Asian Showcase series, and there's still, you know, a lot of talk from Andrew Forrest, etc., about you know, 
where this competition could go, the, the future of rugby in this region being in Asia, um, Pacific players, well, Pacific teams, you know, sort of being rejected for Super Rugby. Um, what, what is the feeling a few months on? Does this look like it's going to hold out? Is this, is, is this going to be something that's going to last, do you think, going forward? Is there optimism? Well, from a player's perspective, we'd hope so. It's opportunity for more professional contracts for young uh, players and, and players returning from overseas to be able to uh, get ahead in life. So we're working alongside uh, Matt Hodgson and Rugby um, and all the unions involved uh, to try and play our part in making sure that happens. There's a lot, lot of challenges in trying to get a professional competition up and running and we sort of saw some stumbling blocks probably six, six months ago around trying to get global rugby off the ground, of which everybody's sort of taken a breath now and put on these exhibition matches. But in behind that, um, I know the intentions from rapid rugby are, are to have the competition up, full and running 2020. Look, there's there's opportunities for our other nations to be involved. We don't know what's going to happen with the Sunwolves, but having the Pacific Island contribution to it um, is nothing but good from our perspective. Yeah, and I suppose the other thing is that a lot of the teams, uh, the Western Force included, uh, and, and a lot of those Asian sides that took part in those matches in recent months also had a number of Pacific Island players in them, be they ex-internationals or, or, or players that have you know, been in and around the domestic scene in the region too. Yeah, definitely. Look, um, for every team that's competing, there's a strong Pacific Island presence. Um, my team and staff, we've been doing some uh, update on some of our stats and, you know, even within New Zealand, we were above 50%. Within Australia, we're sort of talking mid-40% of Super Rugby players are all of um, Māori Pacific Island descent. So there's a massive presence within all teams, not just the uh, franchises that are based out of the islands. That's Pacific Rugby Players Chief Executive Aidan Clark. Samoa's Prime Minister has dusted off his bow and arrow and will compete in archery at the upcoming Pacific Games in Apia. Tuilepa Salele Malialinga Oi won a silver medal when Samoa last hosted the Games in 2007 and said he had unfinished business after missing out on winning gold. President of the Archery Samoa Federation, Moa Joseph Walter, says he expected the 74-year-old would give the Games another crack on home soil. Yes, I was. Uh, you know, he's, he's very passionate about the sport and, and he's still very active uh, in the sport and he's doing very, shooting very well. And of course, I mean, just by being the Prime Minister and competing in an event such as the Pacific Games, he made a number of headlines and there aren't many world leaders that have done something along those lines. And of course, he went on to win a medal uh, back in 2007, a silver medal. Um, You also were competing at that event. What was it like having the Prime Minister as as part of the archery team for Samoa? It was awesome. You know, you don't get the chance to have a Prime Minister on your team. Can you sit there and joke with the Prime Minister? Is he just one of the athletes or... uh, is he, he's kind of the Prime Minister as well, I guess. Well, yeah, when he, he competes with us, I mean, when he, as opposed to he takes off his Prime Minister hat and, you know, he's part of the, the group. So, you know, uh, he's a real uh, down-to-earth uh, person. Uh, the thing about him is he's really passionate about the sport. And, uh, yeah, so we work very well with him and, you know, we, we have some good times, uh, good memories with him. And uh, you've been involved with archery in Samoa for over a decade, I think, uh, 12, 13 years. Um, what, what, what sort of following does the sport have in Samoa? Is it popular? It's not that popular, but um, at the moment we're getting far more archers than before uh, because, you know, we've uh, changed a few things with the association, so we're putting a lot of emphasis on growth and uh, improving the standard of uh, our performance and 
uh, making sure that we have a, a structure and, a, and, a bro- and programs that would allow more and more people to be part of, of archery. My understanding is that some of the events in the Pacific Games also have Olympic qualification uh, for them? Yeah, that is correct. Uh, there is a uh, mixed team uh, qualification tournament. Yeah, that, that'll be uh, something to, to prepare for. So how many people could potentially qualify for the Olympics from the upcoming Pacific Games? Oh, it's just one team. They, they only uh, <clears throat> provided one spot. The competition, the Continental Qualification Tournament, is it, a different tournament to the Pacific Games, but it's run together uh, as part of the Games. You've got this uh, potential Olympic qualification, you've got the, the Games itself, and, and obviously the Prime Minister's uh, put his hat back in the ring again, wanting to, to go one better this time and, and hopefully win a gold medal. Uh, what does he have to do and, and, and when does he have to do it by to, uh, to earn his place on the Team Samoa again? Oh, he's already on the team, uh, our Prime Minister, so, you know, he's, but he's training hard. Um, I believe he's, you know, he's training very hard for, for the Games. Yeah, so he's putting a lot of emphasis and, and effort in in it, uh, so it's good on him. So how many archers will Samoa be having competing in the Games? Uh, we're going to have a full team. We, we have uh, 12 uh, people, uh, 6 males, 6 uh, females. So we have uh, two groups. We have the compound shooters. So with the compound shooters, we have uh, 3 males, uh, including the Prime Minister. We have uh, 3 females uh, with the recurve uh, uh, we have uh, three females and also three males, so we have, we have a full team. And, and the Prime Minister, will he be competing in both the team and the individual? Yeah, well, that's the objective, yes. That's President of the Archery Samoa Federation, Moa Joseph Walter. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.